Good morning. I'm Pastor Eric Elkin, the lead pastor at Advent United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for joining us today for worship. I also wanted to open our podcast worship with these words from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was a pastor, theologian, and martyr who sought to maintain a seminary in hiding during the days of Nazi German rule. He wrote a book about his experience. It is called Life Together. In that book, Bonhoeffer wrote these words. It is easily forgotten that the community of Christians is a gift of grace from the kingdom of God, a gift that can be taken away from us any day. Christians who live dispersed from one another are comforted by a brief visit of another Christian, a prayer together, and another Christian blessing. We forget that Paul's letters in the Bible were written to small Christian communities living dispersed from each other. The words he shared with them were words of comfort and presence, even in their isolation. So we cannot be together in the sanctuary, but that does not mean we are alone. Today, more than ever, make your presence known on social media. Let other people know you are joining them in their isolation and yours. And may worship be a source of comfort for you and a blessing to your day. So again, thank you for joining us, and let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will sing praises to God all my life long. Happy are those whose help is in God, creator of heaven and earth, the one who is forever faithful. The one who is seeking justice for the oppressed and for the hungry. Setting prisoners free and opening the eyes of the blind. Lifting up those who are bowed down and loving the righteous. The Lord protects the stranger and upholds the orphan and widow. But the way of the wicked is brought to ruin. The Lord our God will reign forever, for all generations. Praise the Lord. like to invite you into a time of prayer. I will pray, leave a time of silence for your own prayer, and then close it off with the Lord's Prayer. Today our prayer opening up is actually a statement of faith of the United Church of Canada. Let us pray. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to live with respect in creation, and to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified, risen, our judge, 
and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now take this time to pray. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Corporate America thrives on mission statements. They guide both the internal and external goals of a company. When a company loses sight of its mission, it can easily become lost, sometimes leading it to collapse. So leaders spend a great deal of energy making sure they know and live into their mission. We don't like to think of our faith community in corporate terms, but even in faith, it's important to know your mission. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 is often called Jesus' mission statement. It provides readers a clear and concise declaration of who Jesus is and what he will do. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As believers, we are the body of Christ. Our mission is to make Christ known. We make Christ visible when we live out the mission Jesus placed into our care. Today, we will continue our sermon series, Anointed to Build, Five Missions from the Table. With the fourth mission, we are to liberate the oppressed. To enter us into this reflection, I will be reading Psalm 146. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord, O my soul! I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Don't put your trust in princes in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. 
the Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. The kitchen in our house is under construction. We have a love-hate relationship with our house. There are days we love this place and feel so blessed to be in it. And then there are the days we just want to get out. If you're a fan of HGTV, which I know many of you are, I would describe it this way. This house didn't check all of our boxes, if you know what I mean. When we moved in, we had a plan. There were some small cosmetic changes to make and some larger projects, were, which were not all that intimidating. But then life happened. Our world got upended and everything changed. All the projects got put on hold. Coming home was a reminder of what we wanted and what we had hoped for and that it was all not happening. When I was appointed to Advent United Methodist Church, our world finally became settled. Settled enough to resume implementing the dreams and visions we had for this house. We agreed, after Christmas, to finally attack the kitchen, the dining room, and the living room. We started by emptying the kitchen and putting everything into boxes. What, we could, what could be moved was put into the basement, and the items we still needed were put into boxes and piled on top of a table, and sometimes underneath the table in the living room. We covered everything with blankets and plastic and set out doing the demolition work. We ripped out the cabinets above the stove, and we will place a big window out looking into the backyard. We stripped and painted all the kitchen cabinets and put on new hinges and handles. The bright white cabinets revealed how inadequate the lighting was in that kitchen, so now we're making plans to improve the lighting. It's pretty exciting. We removed a quarter wall separating the kitchen from the dining room. I would say we're going with an open concept, but that phrase is forbidden in our house. <laughs> we actually just want to make room to walk around the table. One problem is, we don't live in a TV show. None of us really do, do we? There are no team of builders or a designer working behind the scenes to make our dreams come true. There is no $200,000 budget we're working with. Each step of this project will be made when we have the money to make it. As a result, this will not be six weeks of inconvenience. Our kitchen, living room, and dining room will be torn apart for months. Thankfully, getting the cabinets done allows us to put some things back into the kitchen. However, Half the kitchen still remains in the dining room. So every time you cook, not only do you have to cross the room, you have to search for the item in a pile and in a mess. The house is never really totally clean. In the darkness of the morning, you have to make sure you don't trip over the shop vac or some other construction item. The most frustrating for me is it takes an hour to prep the area to work and an hour and a half to clean it up when you're done. We knew this going in. We were prepared to handle it. This is not our first do-it-yourself project, but that all changed a week ago. Now that being at home is the only place to dwell, the frustration level is starting to increase. And yesterday, it got to me. When the plastic is down, the room gets a whole lot smaller. For getting a tool you need in the garage is harder to get to. You have to go out the back door, around the house, and into the garage, only to find out that tool 
is in the dining room. So then back around and through the plastic into the kitchen and come back, it takes forever. It got really, really frustrating for me on Friday. And when the power went out, it only got worse. I started yelling to myself, why me? Why us? Why can't I be that person on TV with a $200,000 budget, a design team, and a construction crew? I now watch those HGTV shows with absolute disdain. Every time someone says, you know, not living in your house for six weeks is really hard, I scream at the TV, suck it up, you ungrateful people. But I know I'm really screaming at me. The power to our house came back on at 2.30 in the morning. I know that because it woke us up. Five lights were on in our bedroom, including the big one over the bed. It literally put my frustration from earlier in the day into the light. How many people live every day without access to electricity? Yet I take the gift for granted. Not only for granted, I dare to call myself oppressed when I don't have it. When I came into the kitchen to turn off the lights, all the clocks and the appliances were blinking. I was reminded there are no TV shows about the people without stoves without range tops, without coffee makers or microwave ovens or a refrigerator full of food. How oppressive is it that a kitchen remodel takes a little longer? How oppressive is it to be restricted to your modern home in the first world? Psalm 146 is a psalm of praise. We need to read it and pray it to be reminded of all the goodness we have to give thanks for. It shines a light on our false sense of oppression which is really a destructive form of oppression. Feeling oppressed robs us of light and life and truth. It also blinds us to those who are truly oppressed, oppressed beyond their own control. So the other thing I did yesterday, before I started working on the house, I went to donate platelets at the American Red Cross. I'm not going to lie, I was terrified going in. I knew I'd have to be screened before donating, what, what if I had a temperature? What if that morning cough was not my asthma acting up? What if the waiting room was full and I could not social distance? What if I got exposed? It was hard not to get panicked, but I needed to do something. Thankfully, there was no temperature. The place was crowded, but it made me happy. This many people risked exposure to help. Seeing them was a blessing. Donating platelets gives you a long time to think. You sit in this chair for two and a half hours watching a movie or a TV or just observing the room. And I always observe the room. Watching the nurses work yesterday filled my heart with gratefulness. The American Red Cross, it's not the highest paying nursing job in the world. Yet the room was full of nurses working like crazy to collect blood for patients in need. They were not only working, but they were so joyful. There was no sense of tension. None of them spoke to each other abruptly or angrily. Sometimes when I've gone, you can tell who's not happy with who on staff, but not this day. They were all joyful workers in a calm presence in the midst of a storm. I think their joy comes from knowing they are helping the oppressed be free. The oppressed they are serving are those people held captive by injury or disease. The platelets I give will help those oppressed by cancer be free. If these workers are not there to collect them, there is no freedom. 
injuries, car accidents, and other tragedies do not go into social isolation during a pandemic. Hospital staffs all know this. They need your blood to give liberty to those oppressed by injury. My day began in fear about going to the Red Cross. When I left, I wanted to sing a song of praise. I helped someone I didn't know be free. Our mission is Christ's mission. We were given the mission to help set at liberty the oppressed because Christ knew it is where joy, meaning, purpose, and community is most experienced. Setting people free is more than life. It is living abundantly, one that causes the heart to sing in praise. The Lord sets the prisoners free. You are anointed to build, anointed to set the prisoners free. And in setting the prisoners free, you will find freedom yourself to live abundantly. Amen.
Cal Robinson shared with me a story this week from the good people of Living Well. It was an article about the Advent United Methodist Church donation made to Living Well at Christmas time. You remember that Christmas Eve? We collected $22,000, and everything that we received, we gave out and shared it with people who help people. During this time of social isolation, the need to help people is ever greater. So we ask you to be faithful in your giving to the church and all agencies helping people at risk. You can donate online, and many of you already do. You give consistently, and we give thanks for that. We give thanks for all the gifts you share, and so we will pray a prayer of thanksgiving for these gifts. Let us pray. As crowds spread the word of Jesus' power, O God, so may we spread the word of your grace. As we share these gifts in our very lives with those in need, may these offerings be instruments of your healing, your justice, and your good news in this community and around the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The Spirit of God is upon you. We go proclaiming God's love and liberation. The Spirit of Christ is upon you. We go to live lives of justice and freedom. The power of the Spirit is upon you. We go go as one body, one spirit, one witness to the promises of our God. We go in peace, joy, and love. Amen. i